Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, get ready for this at the Super Bowl halftime. Usher this year. And you know this one's coming. There is no doubt. I'm sure Little John will be there, too. This one is going to be the main event of Super Bowl halftime. Because let's be honest. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like, you know, Usher's one of those guys uh, for this, for like a, whole, for a halftime thing, where I'm like, I like Usher. And then I really, I don't, or, or just he's one of those artists where I'm like, I like Usher, I remember Usher, I, you know, Usher's cool. One, you have to say, I remember Usher, because I don't know anything he's done recently. And this isn't, you know, knock Usher time, but the song played, so here we go. Um, but, like, I, I just remember a handful of songs. Like, I'm trying to think, what was his big hits? He had that, um, then he did the couple songs with uh, P. Diddy right around that same time, The Confessions, right, wasn't that called, or Girlfriend, or something with a girlfriend or something with P. Diddy. And it was like two different songs. I don't know. And then he had hits early on when he was young. And then he was the mentor to, to Justin Bieber. But And I'm sure that would be... I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Bieber makes an appearance at the Super Bowl halftime. But we'll see. I'm sure it'll be good. But I can't think of... I can't think of like of the song I'm dying to hear. And that's usually... Like I guess part of it, right? You know... Springsteen does does the halftime. You want something, well, your whatever whatever your favorite song is from Springsteen. Like Prince was great. Even the week, even the weekend, you, that that song was the hit at the moment, and you were waiting for, uh, you know, whatever the name of that Vegas song was. Even though that halftime, do you remember that halftime where he was running around in the mirrors? It was ridiculous. That was the COVID. Wasn't that the COVID one? Was that twenty twenty one where there was like no fans? Or lesser fans at the, at the Super Bowl, and he was like all by himself on the field, and he was like dressed like a mummy and running through like this haunted house mirror thing. It was bizarre. That was a, that was a bizarre halftime show. All right, little. Uh, I'm trying to because I, you know me, the, the Paul McCartney did the halftime show once. I thought it was great. A lot of people don't think it was that uh, that of a uh, that good a halftime show. I thought he was great. That's more my style. If you can catch, if you catch my drift, I'm more of that. Uh, I thought you two had a good one. Uh, Tom Petty, obviously memorable because I, that was the year the Giants won the Super Bowl. I'm trying to think of the classic rock groups, Prince did an incredible halftime show, one of my favorites. And I'm sure Usher will do a decent job, but I'm not. I don't know if I'm excited about Usher. I have to admit, I don't know if I'm excited. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. You know. Aaron Rodgers is an, uh, another key piece. If you if you want to, in like my estimation, I opened the show talking about the most important person in the Giants franchise. And for me, that's Brian Dable. I think Brian Dable is the most important person other than the owner and, you know, the you know, stuff like that. But if you just talk about the, the functionality of the current team and the most important person to the success of the franchise, for me, currently, if they draft a quarterback, it, it immediately becomes that quarterback. But right now, it's Brian Dable. And for the Jets, it's without question Aaron Rodgers. It's without question. And I still don't understand. And, and, we'll, and obviously, all the different things, the Pat McAfee stuff, the injury, everything that led to the bad play of this year's Jets team, he had a lot to do with. If he insisted on, if he insisted on Zach Wilson, obviously dead wrong. Lazard stunk. Uh, 
Um, Turner, the offensive lineman, Billy Turner, he brought in, uh, he wanted to bring in Stunk. Like, he had a lot to do with it. If he, did, if he didn't want other quarterbacks to come in while he was down and injured, one, I blame the Jets for even listening to him, and I blame Douglas for listening to him. I have no problem with Douglas going out and getting Lazard or other people, Cobb, other guys he wanted with the team. That I have no problem with. And it sucks Lazard didn't play well, but I understand that. But once he goes down, I'm not listening anymore. That, that's for, I'm not listening to his opinion on the quarterback room when he's injured. And I'm still trying to salvage a season that I've deemed uh, one of three to chase a Super Bowl. So I put that more on the Jets than him if they allowed him to create that atmosphere where he was entitled to even have an opinion on that. But ultimately, without question, Aaron Rodgers had a lot to do with the losing of this season. His injury ruined everything. But you know how I feel about moving forward, and the same thing. Uh, it's it's crazy enough, and I'm tired of all the, the stories and the memes and the people, you know, you know, uh, Nick Sirianni went to the Super Bowl. He's made the playoffs in every single year. He's won this many games over the last three years. His job is up for grabs, but Robert Sala's safe. And, oh, my God, you know, Pat, uh, McCarthy won a Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs numerous times. He's won 12 games, three years running, and he might be out of a job, but Robert Sala's safe. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Robert Sala's done a lot of losing. He happens to be in a unique situation where he he, he attached himself to a Hall of Fame quarterback, and the Hall of Fame quarterback is the only thing you can is the only thing you can hold on to and keep you from free fall back into the abyss for year 14, 15, 16. You gotta stop the slide. And you went out and got this quarterback, you have to ride with it. And we've made that argument over and over again. You know how I feel about it. But now, as the Packers win a playoff game, and Love played extremely well in it. Now they move on to take on the San Francisco 49ers, a team that Aaron Rodgers has struggled against. And the thought process is, one, already, what an indictment against Aaron Rodgers to watch Love play like this and win a playoff game when he couldn't beat the Detroit Lions last year in a win-and-in situation at home. And he and Love did that against the Bears this year. And then he beat up and absolutely destroyed a, a Cowboys team that was the two seed in the NFC. And now he's going to take on the 49ers, a team that has really been a problem, whether it be Jimmy G or whether it be Colin Kaepernick, teams that have that have ended up beating the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers. And if this kid can somehow play this game and win this game, what an indictment on Aaron Rodgers. What malarkey for lack of a better term. What absolute crap that is. I'm sorry. Everything is different. It's not the same team. Teams are different. The defense is better this year. The coach has adapted this year. The coach put forth a great game. First of all, they barely snuck into the playoffs as the seventh seed. They lost to the Giants and Tommy DeVito. And then they played a Cowboys team. Did you watch the game? I know Love played well. And I understand they threw, they ran the ball down his throat. The Cowboys absolutely collapsed. And their defensive game plan from Quinn, I'm surprised it doesn't cost them head coaching jobs. Because they were playing, I, I saw the uh, Rex Ryan talk about it, and he's 100% right. They played with six or more defensive backs on 90% of their plays while they were getting the ball run down their throat. What was he thinking? The game plan from the Cowboys was atrocious defensively. Atrocious. They completely blew the game and collapsed in every which way. From the quarterback to the head coach to the defensive coordinator to the ball boy to the field goal kicker. I mean, it, everybody collapsed. So, yes, they won a very good game. 
And they played well, and they beat the Cowboys, who crapped all over themselves and did what the Cowboys have traditionally done for the last 30 years. And if they go win this game, bravo, it'll probably be because the 49ers crapped the bed. Totally honest with you. I do not see the Green Bay Packers going out there and just beating the tar out of the 49ers. But, hey, you never know, and the 49ers could collapse. But even if Love plays great and wins this game, Stop talking about Aaron Rodgers as if he's never won a damn thing in this league. He does have a Super Bowl ring. All right? Could he have won more? Sure. But the idea that he he has made it to the pinnacle. He has won the big game. He did do it. He beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He beat a good franchise. He beat a two-time Super Bowl winning coach and quarterback. Or a quarterback and one-time coach. He has won those games. He has he has played well in the postseason. The idea that this would be some sort of indictment because the team got better after he left, because the coach got better, the defense got better, and he was able, after a year of probably being frustrated with the team, it didn't work with the young wide receivers, they probably got better, and love has emerged. And now you can say both, as far as I'm concerned, and I will say both. The Green Bay Packers were correct in moving on. I think that's fair. It was time to go. He's aging, no doubt. I still think they would be just as good or better with Aaron Rodgers this year. But clearly, love is ready. And whenever the young quarterback you drafted is ready, then it's fine to move on from the aging veteran. No problem. It is fair to say the Green Bay Packers were right in moving on from Aaron Rodgers. What it is not fair to say is, my God, how can we look at Aaron Rodgers the same? What are we talking about? He won four MVPs. He's played well in postseason games. He's lost some. He's won some. He's been on teams good enough to win more. Fair. But we have seen quarterbacks. I mean, did we say this about Brett Favre? Brett Favre had won a championship in a long time. Was it some sort of indictment that Aaron Rodgers played well? I don't remember this indictment of Brett Favre. Or any other players. Like, let's, let's be honest. I got a call here about, about the Yankees. Do we feel it's a major indictment on Mattingly that he left and they won the World Series the next year? Or that they won the World Series, uh, they were in the World Series the year before he showed up? And his entire tenure is the gap between World Series appearances? Do we hold that against Don Mattingly? How about Bryce Harper? That one, we love Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, the toast of the town. Bryce Harper's a clutch player. Can you believe the Yankees passed on this winning stud player? He underachieved in Washington year in and year out. That team was dreadful in the playoffs. Great regular season after great regular season and failure after failure in the postseason until he left and then they won the World Series. What what kind of indictment is it going to be against Aaron Rodgers? It's so it's such a silly narrative because you don't like Aaron Rodgers and because he got hurt and this season with a disaster with the Jets and because after two consecutive MVPs, he had a thumb injury, did not have a great year, and ultimately lost a game that they had no excuse. It's a bad loss. But now his entire tenure, his entire career is somehow... In, uh, in question when he's already won a championship, went to the playoffs year after year, and played well in the playoffs? 
but love stepping in rookie year with a, a coach that was getting better, a defense that's getting better, and a team that you know beat a lousy Cowboy team that threw the game away, and suddenly we have to look at Aaron Rodgers in a different light. It's so stupid. It's just so stupid. It drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely crazy. You guys are driving me right into the Aaron Rodgers arms, and I hope him and the Jets have a phenomenal near, year next year because the stupidity, the the idea that, oh, my God, well, look what he, oh, you got to bring in this guy. Sure, great. Look what, the, look what the backup did without him. Maybe if the Jets were smart and were able to draft quarterbacks, the talent level of love, they wouldn't need to go out and get an Aaron Rodgers to stop a 13-year playoff trap. Maybe if the Jets were as well-run as the Green Bay Packers have been over the course of the last 15 years, 16 years, 17 years, 20 years, 30 years, maybe you wouldn't have to go out and make this kind of move. This year was a miserable year for the Jets. It's turned out to be a good year for the Packers. If you think that's you know, some sort of cause and effect just because Aaron Rodgers switched from one team to another. We'll see what happens next year. I firmly agree with the idea that the Packers made the right decision and that moving on from him clearly was what was best for the franchise at the moment. Doesn't mean the Jets made a bad one. And they've got a couple of years at this thing, and we'll find out. But Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has, we are not talking about Dan Marino. We are not talking about Charles Barkley. We are not talking about a player who was, we're not talking about Patrick Ewing. We're not talking about an all-time player who never got there. We're talking about an all-time player who's won multiple, uh, multiple MVPs, won a Super Bowl, and was the leader of a franchise who followed a Hall of Fame player and was better than him. And led the franchise to successful season after successful season for over a decade. Had one bad year. The team moved on. And now they won a playoff game. And suddenly we look different at Aaron Rodgers. It's just, it's stupid. It's It makes no sense. 877-337-6666. My man Rocco in Saratoga. What's up, Rocco? Hey, C-Mac. How are you doing, buddy? What's going right. on? Yeah, you're right on with your rant, dude. Once again, these people got to listen. You know you know how fans are. They think every little thing, they're going to change. They're going to make it better. This is that. But you're nailing it. You, you look long term. You look at the reality, the realistic viewpoint. The fans, you know, off the handle nonsense. Hey, why, if we trade, what, uh, what if we trade glue? Uh, Google Torres for Shohei Atani. What do you think? Do you I'd, think we could do that? I'd be you in know, on it, yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't you think that would be fair because they need a second baseman yeah. and, you know, and they don't really no, want to pay him all that money? That's fans, right? See, yeah. Matt? I mean, it's, you know, it's true. Uh, Gavin Gavin Lux is coming back from an injury. They could use a middle infielder. I'd be open to it. Yeah, they get that money. But, but, they went out and spent yeah. a lot of money elsewhere. Now maybe they want that contract off the books. I, I'm I'm in. Right. Yeah. Right. Tell, no. Not happening. <laughs> you don't think so? No. No. I don't right. think so. What do we got today, right. Rocco? What do you anyway, want to call about? Yeah. No. Draft. Draft. We got to talk. Hey. How? Hey. hey how's oh. my? Uh, how's my buddy uh, Tommy Boy doing? How's Tommy Boy doing? Tommy's doing great. 
Tommy was uh, yeah. Tommy was excited to have a snow day today and didn't allow me to sleep. I bet. And then and then fi- the thing with Tommy finally finally he lost three front teeth and he lost his, he lost his A-day. he lost his two yeah 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 he lost his two front teeth about two and a half three months ago and oh, it is just finally one of those teeth are finally starting to poke through. I was worried. I was like, my God, this guy's going to look like a hockey player his whole life. We have a major problem. <laughs> like months, months yeah. without a sign of those tooth, of either of those teeth coming in. And then finally, now he's got a little tooth poking out. I'm, 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 I'm relieved. Oh, yeah. But he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's typical Tom, maniac yeah. self. Yeah, Tommy had the look, right? I, I hope you took some pictures oh, and some. saw him later. Hey, look, it's been three months. It. Oh, it's been, we've got yeah. baseball pictures. We've got school pictures. I mean, he's gone through the gamut with no teeth. Yeah, that, it's a great look. You're going to say, hey, Tommy, you shouldn't have played so tough. Yeah. Look, you lost your teeth, right? Yeah. Hey, oh, anyway, C-Mac, uh, Giants. Now, you know the situation. We need a quarterback. Yes. Even Dan, we don't know. Jones, can he really play again? Two net, nah. Come on. One hit and he's done if he comes back. You remember, Peyton came back. But that was Peyton, all right? He had a track record. Right. And people were telling him not to come back. They said, no, nah, this could endanger you in the future. If you get hit a certain way with this type of injury, it could mean you're in a wheelchair, okay? so But he defied them. He said, I'm good. I'm good to go. Well, Daniel Jones ain't no Peyton man, okay? So, you know, we need a QB. First round. I love Joe Off from Notre Dame, but yeah. he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. By, well, we'll see. You know, I would, yeah. I would, pro- I would probably think, but I mean, who knows? If three quarterbacks go off the board and Marvin Harrison, uh, you know, maybe not, maybe not. Right. Well, if that scenario because, plays out, yeah, then yeah. he'll be there. Yeah. Then he'll be there, and I would take him because this is a deep draft with two Bs. Even they could get someone good in the second round or trade, you know, a couple of picks or whatever, and and trade up and in the first round and and get someone good. It's a deep draft on the QB. O-line, there's a couple of good guys, but you want the best. Just like Quentin Nelson when he came out of NB, yeah. they said well, he's a gold jacket lineman. They said that. I understand. And, and is he? And is he? Yes. yes he yeah, is. He is. Right. But, I mean, there's, okay. but, I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, Evan Neal was a can't miss, and he's uh, – is he? Is he? Apparently not. Uh, you know, Flowers, they've, they've drafted offensive linemen before. Everything's a crapshoot. Every position is a crapshoot, and I'd rather I'd rather miss. I'd ma- I'd rather be wrong on the crapshoot, swinging for a quarterback because he changes my franchise. A tackle does not, just doesn't. Even if he like, let's be, they hit on they hit on Andrew Thomas. It hasn't impacted anything. It hasn't impacted winning. It hasn't impacted better offense. It hasn't impacted better offensive line play. So I mean, what? And they hit on it. They hit on they hit on Barkley. Hasn't impacted winning. Hasn't impacted offensive points. Hasn't impacted enough. And they were right. Even if you're right with other positions, it doesn't change the game. If you're right with the quarterback, it does. So if I enter a crapshoot, if I knowingly enter a crapshoot, which is what everyone tells me, why not go for it? Why not go for the gusto? Right? It's the same. It's the same process. It's the same thing as. Powerball or Mega Millions, right? You don't enter it when it's $10 million. As, as much as we don't like $10 million, a $5 million payroll uh, payoff after taxes, whatever, it, it changes your life, but it's not like you wait 
if I'm going to go into a crapshoot, I, I, I hit it when it's like at the top where it's the best case scenario. So, yeah, when, when it's a billion-dollar payday, all right, suddenly I, I found an extra 10 bucks to play the Powerball because I'm going for the gusto. It's the same thing. If I'm going to enter the crapshoot, I might as well take my chance with the ultimate win. And the quarterback is the ultimate win. Vinny in Staten Island. What's up, Vinny? Hey, what's up, C-Mac? How are you? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. So I have something to say. You said that Dayball is going to get fired if he don't have a good year this year. I think he's I on the hot you- seat. I don't know if he will. I, know, I never said he will, but he, uh, okay. he could. I, I, I apologize. He absolutely so could, though. He, he absolutely he's could. On, he's on the hot seat. Yes. So how many how many head coaches does Daniel Jones have to get fired till they just realize that he's not the guy? I I agree. I, I you know, completely it's, agree. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, even if even if they have a bad year next year, why not get rid of Daniel Jones because they could opt out of his contract, mm-hmm. keep Dable, keep Shane, keep all that, and then move on? Because how you're not you're not going to have a you're not going to have a good consistent team without a good head coach, and that's all I have to say. I, I, yeah, next. but how do you prove you're a good head coach if you lose again? Like that's I mean, the thing. I think, I think that's I think the thing. He, did, he had a great first year, but if you're if you're right, look and what he did this year. Look what he did this year. He won six. He won out. six games. I understand that, but he could have. They, they, everybody was. He could have won three. With what was going on? I suppose on. he could have, but he also could have won more. You know? He could have won the Jet game. He could have won the Buffalo game. He could have won the Rams game. Rams game. He also got blown out by forty points in the home opener and looked like he wasn't. He, they they weren't ready to play football. I mean, he also got and where, and, and Daniel Jones is on the sideline. No, I, I, no, I, and Daniel Jones you know, is the quarterback you know I mean? of that team. I get it. I listen. You know? you're, you're you're preaching to the choir on some level. My point is, after this year, if next year's bad too with Daniel Jones, like if if and that's and and you want to say how many how many coaches or whatever going to have to get him fired? They gave him a, a, a big time contract. They did. They gave him a forty million dollar a year contract. So if Daniel Jones is the quarterback next year and he stinks and the team loses, how do you justify that he's a good head coach and bring him back? One good year, one playoff win, and then two lousy years to follow? I don't know. It's hard to justify it. Everything else would have to be perfect, and Daniel Jones would have to be the clear-cut reason why you didn't win. His in- If he got injured again, perhaps. But if he plays most of the game, say he plays... 14 games, bare minimum. He plays 14 games. And they win six games again? How does this coach go? How how do you feel good about the coach anymore? And where are they going from there? Back to the top of the draft, hoping to draft a quarterback this year? When they, you know, this next year when they could have done it the year before? Like, I don't don't know how it works. But now you're talking about losing six games, uh, uh, losing 11 games, only winning six games. You're talking about controversy inside the staff and turmoil and a little bit of embarrassment with some of the reports over the last few weeks, then you go into the season next year with 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 a draft. Say you take a ta- uh, say you take a tackle or a wide receiver, and it doesn't impact winning because Daniel Jones isn't any good, and the offensive line continues to to struggle, or the passing game continues to struggle, or whatever the case may be. How do you justify things? You don't have a quarterback. It's year three of a rebuild that's progressively getting worse. Like maybe he could make that. Maybe maybe they could have that kind of belief in him. And maybe he could sell them on it, but it becomes increasingly more difficult the further you go along losing without drafting a quarterback. If you draft a quarterback, and this is why this might be selfish, 
And this might be, you know, I, it, it's not me trying to keep Brian Dable. It's me doing what I think is best for the franchise, and that happens to align with the best interests of Brian Dable. If I were Brian Dable and Joe Shane, if I draft the quarterback, I'm given time. I'm given time to develop him. Like, if they draft a quarterback, and especially if they draft a quarterback and play Daniel Jones for the year because that's how his contract goes, how do they fire him? How do you move on from Brian Dable and Joe Shane if they've drafted a quarterback this year, move forward next year with Daniel Jones, allow this kid to watch for a year, and then ready to hit the world and show the world who they have the year after? How do they move on from him? How do you not allow that team to see at least the first year of that quarterback? So if that's the game plan, they've bought themselves a year. And not that I'm typically under the 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 want of doing what's best for the head coach necessarily, but in my estimation, the best interest of the coach and the best interest of the team are currently aligned. Because getting that quarterback changes the franchise. But he might be on the hot seat next year if they don't draft a quarterback. If they draft a quarterback, they're not on the hot seat. Because you have to allow him to see it to fruition. Unless unless they get rid of Daniel Jones this year somehow or bench him if he's not uh, and and play the rookie quarterback, then I suppose if it's miserable and he sucks the way you know, the way Young sucked this year for the Panthers, then I suppose they're on the hot seat. But if you take the plan that seems the most obvious, draft a young quarterback, continue with Daniel Jones, Play whoever you have to play, whether it be DeVito or another veteran quarterback you bring in to be the backup. You play that quarterback for a week, two, three, however long it takes for Daniel Jones to get back. Then you ride with Daniel Jones one last year before you cut him, and you allow this kid to hold a clipboard the way Love has held a clipboard, the way Mahomes has held a clipboard. And what you're seeing is a little bit of maturity out of these guys, the way the Jets have wished they let Zach Wilson hold a clipboard. Let him hold the clipboard, learn the offense, watch and learn, and then next year you hit the ground running with that young quarterback. They're guaranteed that second season. You don't draft, you don't allow this team of Brian Dable and Joe Shane to draft a quarterback and then fire him before that quarterback plays. So I think that's why it's good. And that's why that's how I open my show. I think it's good. This storyline is good because I'm hoping it puts Brian Dable and Joe Shane in the obvious realization that they need to draft a quarterback for it's best for them and it's best for the team. And I happen to believe it's what's best for the team, so I'm hoping they do what's best for them. And ultimately, it leads to making the right decision. 877-337-6666. We've opened it up to the Aaron Rodgers conversation. Please call me and tell me how embarrassed you should, how embarrassed Aaron Rodgers should be if, if, if love plays well. This weekend, please elaborate. Tell me how screwed the Jets are because the Packers are playing well. Connect those dots for me because I'm lost in translation. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field into the end zone, and Knicks makes the catch for the touchdown. He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. Sports happens. Talk about it here. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Bump, bump. All right, 136. 
McMonagle here with you, 877-337-6666. Talking about all these coaches, obviously Harbaugh had uh, had a visit with the Chargers. And it sounds like, I would think he's coming to the NFL. If you if you heard the, the story today, he is currently, you know, he's obviously considering going back to Michigan. He's talking to the NFL, pretty much what he's done the last handful of years. But for a couple of reasons, I've always felt like now that he's won a championship mainly, it's the perfect time to take that foire back into the NFL. Now that you've won your national championship, he's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish in Michigan. Other than just becoming a legend and trying to do it multiple times, um, he's dominated uh, Ohio State. He's won a national championship. I mean, that's really what he came here to do, and he's done it. And then the other story that came out yesterday that really makes me believe that he needs to come to the NFL is apparently he's looking for language in his contract with Michigan where he won't be fired or can't be fired if more punishment or issues arise from the science dealing or anything else, any sanctions from college football or NCAA He's looking to have some sort of protection from that in his contract. I mean, we've seen coaches run to the NFL. Pete Carroll. We've seen coaches run to the NFL to avoid this type of thing. If you are looking for that kind of language in your contract, just go. Just go. I mean, now is the time to make that jump. Come to the NFL, forget all this college nonsense, forget the NIL, forget all the different things he's got to deal with. Come to the NFL. Take on one of these teams. Come coach, go go to San Diego. He played there. He can go coach Herbert. Have a legitimate quarterback with a good team and go about winning in the NFL and and turn Herbert into the winner we all think he can be. Take that roster that's good enough to go win and go win a championship and be one of the handful of coaches who've won both. I mean, that's what I think. It's time to just do it. It's easier. You don't have to worry about recruiting. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about sanctions. You don't have to worry about anything. Just come to the NFL and coach. And I think, you know, it depends on the the spot. Uh, you know, and, and it's not that I don't like Bill Belichick. It's... It's I, I feel less at his age and the success they've had recently or lack thereof and the inability to assess talent at the GM position. And as good as I think he still is as a coach, there's certain spots that make more sense than others. Like for me, Harbaugh and Vrabel are perfect like anywhere. I understand they could be butting of heads. But if you have the understanding of Harbaugh coming here and just taking over, I think that's who wouldn't, you know, he's just a great coach and a good team builder, and I'd take him anywhere. And Vrabel is, I'm less worried about the headbutting. Like we talk about the two spots that have now emerged. We knew all the other spots, but the two spots that have emerged now as possible candidates or possible spots for one of these head coaches is now Dallas and Philly. And Dallas and Philly are entrenched with their ownership group and their GM and their front office. Like, they are, they're not going anywhere. Um, Howie uh, Roseman is not going anywhere. And we know what's happening with the Joneses. Like, they're not going anywhere. So it's probably a a difficult, I, I don't see those two as a fit for Harbaugh. 
But I also don't know if I see it as a fit for Belichick, even if he's willing to forego being a GM, because if he's willing to forego being a GM, I think he'd still rather enter a spot where the GM is hired at the same time, him and the GM are simpatico, like it's it's or something where if he really feels like he needs to win an argument, he can. And with Dallas, I don't know. And then especially in Philadelphia, like as much as it, it feels like maybe less of a a strong willed owner and who's who feels he has so much input into the football and Jerry's come with his own kind of baggage and and you know obvious tumultuous tenure with different head coaches and hands-on nature that he is and but still you go to Philadelphia you're gonna have a tough time winning battles with Howie he's been one of the better executives in, in the sport for how long I don't know if Bill Belichick's in for that kind of fight I think Atlanta fits him much better if he's gonna go look to compete right now now is Atlanta a better spot like what team gives you the best chance to win of all these teams and I heard Tiki talking about this Atlanta is a good Atlanta has talent, don't get me wrong. Atlanta has offensive firepower. They don't have the quarterback. That's the one thing. And if you look at the Eagles right now, specifically, because I think the Cowboys are different. I think the Cowboys are very good. And this I just I really do, despite having that terrible loss. I think there's talent there. And I think Dak is good enough to just win. I don't know if he's good enough to win the whole thing. We I think under the right circumstances, on the right day, he could get over himself and possibly get through. I don't know right now. The Eagles, obviously, you're lo- the offensive line played so poorly. You're losing um, your Hall of Fame center in Kelsey. He's going to retire. At least that's what he's told teammates. The reports are he's going to retire. And that team right now, for the last seven weeks of football, were as bad as anyone in the NFL. Like I, I would feel a lot better about the Cowboys. I might even feel better about the Falcons. I definitely would feel better about the Chargers. Because they have the quarterback for sure. I mean, he's never won anything either, but you know the talent's there. And he hasn't been notorious. I mean, he's he's lost a lot of games, but his coaching has been so bad and so stupid. I mean, Staley was just awful. So, I mean, I, I would think those are all spots that you could argue, despite the fact that they were in the Super Bowl last year, despite the fact they have a quarterback who was in the you know MVP discussion last year, and despite that, they have Rose uh, Howie, who's been one of the better executives in football and had got to a Super Bowl, kind of turned over the roster and got back to another Super Bowl. I still I think you could make the case that that is not the best spot for one of these coaches to come into because they were awful this year. Their defense is banged up and, and, and missing a lot. The offensive line's not as good as you thought, and they're losing their Hall of Fame center. Like, A.J. Brown seems was not only injured but seems unhappy. Like, there's... There's a lot going on there, and they completely gave up on the coach. There's a lot going on with the Eagles right now. That was a, you know, it just felt like the Cowboys being the Cowboys. The Eagles fell apart. Like the, like, uh, you know, coach said uh, with, the, with the Cowboys, it was a tough day to have a, you know, a bad day to have a bad day. I think there is some element to that. I think they, the pressure got to them. I think they had a miserable day. I think that's all part of it. I don't think they're bad. I think the Eagles got beat because they've kind of given up and they're not very good. I think the Cowboys have one of their Cowboy days. I think the Eagles were trending in this direction. So I, I could see the better spot being other places besides Philadelphia. So I'm interested if they, honestly, if they make a change off of going to the Super Bowl and winning all these games and being a playoff team, would they make a, a change with Sirianni? And then 
You know, Dallas, I think, is a good spot, but you're dealing with Jerry Jones. And then you look at, like, Atlanta's a good spot, but no quarterback. There's a lot of teams that make sense, have different areas of strength and different, play, you know, different things you could sell yourself on, stability, ownership. That's certainly what Atlanta gives you. And Atlanta gives you the, the ability to probably be the guy and have the power to have a really good overall roster, at least one that's good enough to win that division, and just missing the quarterback, which can be elusive. Not easy to come by in the NFL. I would think, and what most people thought from the jump, is that San Diego's the best spot. I do think they're pretty talented. I do think the quarterback is legit, although he's 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 come up small too in his limited chances to have impact games, but... I think that's probably where I would go. But who knows? But they've got three legitimate great coaches available. Bill Belichick, Harbaugh, and and Vrabel are excellent NFL head coaches. And we'll see what they do. But Harbaugh, if he's really if he's looking to have that kind of you know uh, thing worked into his contract, then I would just go to the NFL. Why bother? And you've done everything you could do there. If he hadn't won a championship, then yeah, it's a different conversation. But he did walk off into the sunset and go win a Super Bowl and deal with a whole lot less crap. 877-337-6666. Danny and Tom's River. What's up, Danny? Hey, Chris. What's going on? What's up, buddy? How are you? Not bad. uh, You remember me? I called you uh, when we were talking all that... uh... Yankees talk about Soto and everything. And, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is this Danny? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I of course. Danny, I, I remember you. I always come on and call you and call you Sal like an idiot. Yes. Yeah, so now, now I definitely now I definitely remember you. I know, my man. Happy New Year. I haven't called you in a little while. Oh, but, a little late on the Happy New Year. You're upsetting a lot of people. I am going to have the listeners listen real quick and guess you are. Well, real quick, you know, can you get yourself off speakerphone or something? I, I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Hold on. Thank you. Can you hear me, Chris? I hear you better now, Danny. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm no worries. Home. I That's got why you. I love you. That's what my, my first point of three is, is that you're the best, Chris. I just wanted to take some time first to let you know that, man. Like, you're the best. So. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, late night's awesome. Like, I'll be sad. if I'm a late night guy. I rarely get to listen in the afternoon. But if uh, I love you at night, and there's a lot of good night guys over the years, and you're one of them. So thank you for that. They're very um, kind. There have been a lot of night guys. And I wanted to say you got the best job in the planet because you get to come on every night and talk about all these awesome storylines. That's why I called you about Soto in the past. But now you're talking. I turned on the radio, and I'm starting to listen. And I know football. I'm a big football fan. I'm a longtime 49ers fan. Because my dad was stationed out in the military, and when my mom took us to go see him, we would go see the Niners. That's what he took us to do on the right. weekend. Uh, that's, but, oh, that's fun. So I grew up a Yankees fan, a Rangers fan, and a big Knicks fan, but I'm a Niners. Gotcha. So, that makes sense. Long story short, I got to watch Harbaugh coach, and right. he was an awesome. I thought he was one of our better coaches. Like, you know, Singletary, sure. he was the man, big defensive guy. Well, Singletary. yeah, it didn't, you know, didn't go saying, great I'm as a head saying, coach. He didn't go great, but we're talking Harbaugh. He was a great coach. He got us to championship games. He, I knew that he had what it takes to coach. You just, you just know, like you just know with these coaches who has the swag and who doesn't. Like, yep. you know, we won't get into the guys that don't have. But now we got an interesting scenario. The there's the Cowboys who keep losing, obviously, and they have a coach who hasn't proven anything. He's got the Green Bay who the one Super Bowl, but I, I'm telling you, Harbaugh would be the perfect fit in New England, Chris, because what does that guy do? All he does is go to programs, go to organizations, 
and he wins. And uh, and the, well, the I mean, Patriots I think winning kind of goes. Win. Any franchise yeah, would welcome winning. I mean, what yeah, makes New England Patriots unique? Are such a winning franchise after what they went through with their dynasty and Belichick and Brady, and now there's still a statue. There's still the New England Patriots, and they still have the Kraft family as the owners. Why wouldn't they want Harbaugh? as their coach, to rebuild that organization and start competing. Yeah, I, I, why would Harbaugh want to go there, though? You have to sell me on why New England's the spot for him. You're right. Why New England, it, it makes sense because for New England. Michigan. He's in Michigan. He coaches in cold weather. He knows the air. He's, I'm telling you, Harbaugh to me personally as a Yeah, but you'll never a, be the – I mean, not that – you know, I guess the 49ers have Walsh and he was he went there, but, like, he'll never be the guy there. He'll be – if even if it's, he's successful – Not if he wins. He'll not be, if he wins. He'll be the he'll be the guy who's coaching while they put up the Bill Belichick statue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I don't know if I I don't know if I. Well, want... my next point, Chris. So yeah. I I get you with Harbaugh. I don't know. He's going to be a great coach, and I hope that he does come back to the NFL. We'll see where he lands. It's going to be going to be interesting. Like you said, there's a lot of teams looking. Atlanta's looking. I mean, yeah. a lot of teams looking for head coaches. I'm sure he's going to go to a program and do great. But Belichick, you think is he? Re- he's not coming back to the Patriots. Is that the word? Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's he's gone. All right. So is, they had a press conference gonna, and everything. Is, is he going to go with Jerry Jones, who's in his eighties and wants to win so desperately one last time? Is he going to go to Dallas with this talented Prescott and Lamb and all kinds of Parsons on defense team? And is he going to win one there? Is, is are they going to make that happen? Is that where he's going to win? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Are you talking about Belichick? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I think you should go to the Cowboys. I mean, it makes sense. That was the initially. I mean, listen, the second the game, the the, the second half at halftime. They had. I saw gifts of uh, the 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 arm cut off hoodie with the Dallas Cowboy logo on it. I mean, yeah, that's everybody's speculation is that he would go there because they are a solid team. I do think they are a good team. I do. I think they're a talented team. Should I say? And I mean, it makes sense for him to go there. The the problem is butting of heads with 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 Jerry Jones. Um, the problem is the pressure of winning right away. But he's looking to win. I mean, it's not a terrible fit if he's willing to deal with with uh, Jerry Jones but I think there are other good fits uh the thing with Harbaugh that I find interesting is Harbaugh has proven and this is why I think he fits almost anywhere now there's power dynamics and butting of heads and, and that kind of issue and Harbaugh has proven to be a guy to you know be tough to work for and work with um and the relationship with the GM in San Francisco is why the tenure was so short despite the amount of success but what he proved in his brief time in San Francisco is he can do he can he can do it both ways with a quarterback. He can go in and take an underachieving veteran, first overall pick who is being considered a bust in Alex Smith, and turn him into a winner that can take you to a championship game. And then he can recognize that there's a shelf life on said quarterback. And then Colin Kaepernick, who I don't think anyone would confuse with C.J. Stroud or one of the, you know, a, a really unbelievably talented quarterback thrower of the football, although solid and, and one hell of an athlete, and not to get into it, but probably for many of the years he's been out of football, talented enough to be in football. But I don't know if that makes him a superstar quarterback necessarily. But with that skill set, recognize, and you can't be – any more different. Now, Alex Smith did have some mobile ability, and I'll never forget that run he had down the sideline against the Saints to help win that game that literally, without question, impacted the Giants winning a Super Bowl. That run and the 49ers beating the Saints that day had 
as much of a direct impact to the Giants winning a Super Bowl as anything else that year because there was no way they were going into New Orleans to beat the Saints. They don't win there. The Saints are too good in that building. It just wasn't going to happen. And they had that that year where they had the home field advantage over the Saints and they won that game, and he had that big-time run down the sideline. So Alex Smith had some of that in him, but he wasn't he wasn't the same kind of quarterback as Colin Kaepernick. So now you've got a coach who has proven to come into a, an organization, turn around a veteran quarterback and get the best out of him, and then get a young quarterback, understand his skill set, develop the offense and team around said skill set, and then take both teams to a championship game and one of the guys to the Super Bowl. I mean, that is, so you could put him with Dak Prescott and you can put him with a a drafted young quarterback he's going to develop. It doesn't matter. Right? At least, I'm not saying he's old, he's guaranteed to succeed necessarily, but he's proven he can succeed with either scenario. Put him in somewhere where a quarterback of immense talent, like a Herbert, Perfect fit, perfect example. Go to Herbert. All the tool set in the world. Big time draft. Showed you ability early on. Uh, you know, still makes any throw you can possibly imagine, but ultimately comes up short in the limited handfuls of games he's given the opportunity in big games for the most part. Uh, you know, blew a big time playoff game. Never really wins anything, but is as talented as can be. Go there. You would immediately expect him to have the best season of his career. Or, or. You get Ibrahim out of Chicago, or you go to Washington. You draft a young quarterback, and away you go, developing and building a system around that quarterback. Harbaugh is perfect for either, and that's why I mean he's the perfect fit. Other than he's going to want some kind of power right now, coming off the national championship, former success with San Francisco. I mean he is probably widely considered one of the better coaches and team builders and 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 quarterback. What he was able to do, even in his first stint in college in, in, in Stanford, what he did with with Luck. Not that Luck wasn't uber-talented, but still. I mean, like, he just, everywhere he went, successful quarterback play and winning has come. Although, I don't know, you know, J.J. McCarthy, I, you know. I don't know if he ever really got great quarterback play at, at Michigan, but hey, won a national championship. Winning and successful quarterback play in the NFL. That's what Harbaugh has has proven to be, you know, able to do. And that's why I think he's a perfect fit for almost a lot of places. He's the one guy, I have to admit, he's the one guy I'd be willing to, uh, with my Jets take, that I want Aaron Rodgers, I want all this, I want, like, the one guy that it's hard to refuse for me is probably Harbaugh because... Off, what he's, he is able to, if you, if you decide to go young quarterback or, you know, the headbutting of him and Aaron Rodgers would probably be too much, but to get someone like that to come in and lead your franchise is so appealing, and you feel so good about the future with him. Now, Woody Johnson is one of the worst owners in football, and you'd be concerned that they could make it work long-term. That's why I, I, I still don't do it, because I have concerns that after three or four years of working under Woody Johnson, he says, let me get the hell out of here. So that's why I'm I'm I I still wouldn't do it. I still chase the dream with Aaron Rodgers, but that's the one guy where if you told me, "Hey, you're bringing in Harbaugh to run your franchise." That's a hard thing to turn down. It's a hard thing to turn down. I guess even for the Giants, suppose if I'm being fair, but I I just don't see that happening. 877-337-6666. But there uh, you know, he's the one who could do both. I think Vrabel's just an overall great head coach. I don't obviously he's a defensive guy. I don't know if he's a quarterback whisperer. They haven't had really quarterback 
good quarterback playing Tennessee, but yet he wins games. His team is always, no matter what the record is, his team is going to fight and punch you in the mouth and play hard. And uh, if you listen to the Peck segment, if they're home dogs, I almost bet them every single time. He is one of the better valued head coaches in all the sport when it comes to gambling because his team is always up to play. And they ruined the Jaguars' season. The last game is his as a head coach for that team. And I fully expect wherever he goes, the team to play well, play hard. I don't know if he's a coach that you feel confident in in developing a young quarterback, but you hire him and you hire a good offensive coach. So, I mean, all these guys, those three in particular, are all so good that I would think they're going to be successful wherever they go. It's just a matter of what's the best fit. 877-337-6666. All right, two hours down, three more to go. On our five-hour midnight ride to 5 o'clock, we've reached the point of the show where I've left on ESPN and bowling trick shots are on. And as much as that might sound fun, uh, I'm going to change the channel because I don't find it that appealing. So let's see what else is on TV.